Yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about the future of the artifacts and what will happen to them. <laughs> Captain, you yes. want to start us off with a query? Uh, should I use some of your questions or <laughs> you want to do that? I got, I got some here, but they mostly build off yours. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so what if, what powers and what abilities will artifacts have in the future? So, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's basically a magic question and at the end of the day, right? So, uh, I, it, you know, you, you have to, you have to kind of, kind of step back and, and ask yourself again, what, you know, what, what have we got planned for, for magic and then how does it fit into fortress mode and all that kind of thing? So, I mean, there's, there's an extent to which we haven't, you know, been able to plan plan that this out because, um, you know, we're still not sure exactly what we want to do. I mean, what we want to focus on is making, you know, if there's if there's if there's a magical object that's that's really kind of a rare special magical object, then it should be something that th- that you don't really understand that well, and it's not necessarily reliable. I mean, it kind of depends on the source. Like, where does the magic come from? You know, where was was the artifact? Did was the dwarf inspired by all those gods that don't actually exist in the game right now that are just names, or you know, did the what, did the dwarf create something so perfect that it just kind of gets infused by, you know, magic because it's a perfect thing? Or, you know, did the dwarf really have some understanding of magical forces and created such a thing? If that's the case, you've got to watch out for, like, the industrialization of magic or whatever, right? It's like, why doesn't he just do it seven or eight more times? And, uh, you know, the, the kind of magical nature of these things is what separates artifacts from the masterworks that already exist. So, if, if, if it is something that's not really within the dwarf's control, then you can start to, to, to have effects, uh, that, that, you know, are, are, are beneficial at one time, but could be unpredictable or could kind of bring disaster down on your fortress and that kind of thing. I mean, just as a general, um, you know what are the effects of the artifacts? Well, there's 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 a bunch of categories they could fall into. I mean, you, if you have weapons and armor, you can kind of <clears throat> see what what you know what effects might be there. You don't want to say something like you know it's a plus three flaming sword or something, but if in effect the sword is just on fire and burns things and stuff, I mean that's certainly a fair fair artifact to put in. I mean just because it's kind of a cheesy D and D thing doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. But um, it could be the end of the world if if having the 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 artifact sword is somehow drawing your fortress closer to some kind of world of fire or something, and then suddenly it like <laughs> sucks into some kind of fire plane, and your whole fortress catches on fire, and then everyone wonders why there's a new volcano or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's yes. This sword causes your organs to turn into frogs. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it's, 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 it's cool to think of like how to make you know, magic, kind of unreliable, unpredictable, all that kind of thing. But of course, if you go too far in that direction, so that every artifact is kind of a death trap waiting to happen, then there's just going to be a lot of mood dwarfs crushed under bridges. And <laughs> so you have to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to go too, too, too nuts with it. But, jeez, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. And um, but, but for things like, I mean, the what the what other kinds of um, magic, magic, magic there is where it's not an industrial process are things like having conditions. So if, if one dwarf 
were inspired by the you know the the god of of um, the harvest or whatever to create a you know a a a chest that you can bring with your armies so that they never have to um, have supplies or food um but you know then that 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 artifact could in fact be very reliable it would not be understood and the god might say you know if if you want to keep using this then never march during the full moon you know and if you do then you know we can we can really indulge in catastrophic horrible things because it's your fault yeah. and uh, you know then the werewolves can come out of the chest or whatever and eat everybody or whatever <laughs> you know whatever needs to happen and so that that kind of thing where i mean you don't you don't necessarily want to make um since since craftsmanship is kind of a hallmark of the dwarves or whatever I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say that all the are the, all the artifacts would be kind of god inspired and all that kind of stuff. It's just a it's just a possible route uh, that can be taken among among many. But um, you know, you kind of want to the you want to not necessarily avoid this. You know, dwarves actually understand and make magical things, but there are a lot of consequences to dwarves understanding. So let's say you know that we had a dwarf that understood. Um, you know, how to apply, you know, runes of fire to a sword to make flaming swords or something. Then, you know, assuming that process doesn't take 20 years or something, and that wouldn't be practical because the game, you know, the games rarely last that long, or if they do, it's a very dedicated process or whatever. It's not something you can expect a regular kind of casual or even not casual player to do, right? I mean, it's to sit there and play out a 20-year fort or something. So, then you have to wonder, you know, why can't I just make a ton of flaming swords? And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, right? To have all the dwarves that come from this fortress have these swords with these fire runes on them or something. But um, it starts to, I mean, it's just kind of a um, uh, strange magical process if that's if that's what you've got going on. It's just, I mean, it's kind of depressing in a way um, oh, yeah. if magic isn't isn't a isn't mysterious. That, yeah, something that you know. There's just it's just, but at the same time, you do have armies of magical, magically armed creatures. You know, that's not. I mean, it's it's not a uh, un, unheard of thing, and so you could be the ones doing that. It's just something that I wouldn't necessarily indulge in, especially as a kind of common default thing. But I, mean, I certainly don't have any problem if you can kind of amp up your init options or your world parameter options more likely to be like, yeah, my dwarves, you know, they can float and fly on carpets <laughs> and make big guns that shoot fire guns and shoot and guns that shoot guns. Tactical and nukes. And steam, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things that, 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 that our starting point, most likely, because... You really have to think about your starting point because it's not like Dwarf Fortress has ever done or anything. So the starting point is artifacts that are beneficial, not that well understood, possibly have conditions on them. You know, something that, that makes the game, um, you know, have, have something interesting just happen to you is kind of what it's like. You know, something interesting that right. you're going to have to think about a little bit, uh, but that you don't necessarily want to crush under a bridge the second you hear about it. And, you know, this is ignoring, this is just magic we've been talking about, so this is ignoring the other things that come out of artifacts, which I'm sure we'll get to. But, um, yeah. So it seems like the uh, important thing to keep in mind is the source of the uh, artifact's power and how it was created. Like, if it was, you made it because you were possessed by your 
great great grand dwarf who was a <laughs> master smith, then uh, it might be a bit different than if uh, you know a fairy is playing a prank on you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, uh, it's it's it, yeah. It all comes down to kind of the the motivations and understanding, and you know what is magic, and those kind of magics are you know very different things. Exactly. I've invented the bag of infinite skunks. <laughs> That's not very nice. I know. You open up the bag and some skunk. Well, the game doesn't have skunks. We need skunks, right? We've got. Yeah. Got, we, you can do. You have a. I've got yeah, I've got breath weapons. Happen. I mean, I've got these material breath weapons, so they could fire like liquid stuff. It wouldn't actually smell, but it would be like it could give you That's blisters or make you die or something. They couldn't generate miasma or something. But, well, well, it could make your nose rot. It specifically is, is, target uh, the nose and make it rot off. Is uh, miasma actually like in the game as a material now? No, no, right? It's still it's still the mysterious purple fun time. Track it away. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it's going to be in the end or I mean it cuz 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 what's there is kind of like this noxious semi-magical horrible stuff that comes from all death or something, right? And uh you know what it should be is what like putrescine and cadaverine or something, right? Like yeah. chemical chemical uh uh, chemicals that smell bad. So we'll have to decide what what death what, is. What scent, what scent is in? There should be clouds of it moving about in tombs, and you gotta, <laughs> gotta avoid it. That's right. You can roll, roll under them, or double jump over them and stuff. Yes, yeah, double jump. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. I have invented the um, the wand of of infinite vermin. <laughs> but it was infinite skunks before. Now it's infinite vermin. You can actually shoot the rat out, though. Then exactly, right? <laughs> it fires <laughs> flies <laughs> and cockroaches. I love that. How like a tiny mosquito will create a million tiles of uh, purple death. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I think what is it? Butterflies. I think have the <laughs> don't smell flag, but I don't know if I really did more than butterflies or something. Butterflies don't smell. They're very pretty. Uh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing, Mister? You're troubled, you know. You're just a little troubled boy, rolling around the garbage because Daddy doesn't clean very well. Do we need oh. to uh, reset the recording or anything? Or no, I think we'll be okay. Just let's have a pause here. Okay. <gasps> okay. <laughs> All right. You so. Uh, my question is, now, will artifacts become known around the world where they created, for instance, uh, someone somewhere wanting that legendary turtle bone grate for their town civic project? <laughs> also, it leads to if artifact ownership can be translated between people or civilizations. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you must give us the grate. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like, we'll send you young lads every summer. Just give us the grate or whatever. And then you'd have all these worthless human children wandering around your fortress or whatever. <laughs> But you gave them the great, and exactly. you know, that was a cultural failing. But but the yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, I mean this is this is kind of the thing. You had you had the the magic. I mean artifacts used to be magic in one of the versions of Dwarf Fortress. I don't remember if it was released or not. But they had like there were like ten magical powers that it could pick from, and that was one side of it. And then the other side was this little story thing I was talking about where it would come up with, you know, well I'm really possessive of this artifact or I'm going to hide it away or whatever, and it would record it in the histories. Now, so so just as we were just talking, but just as we were just talking about magic extensions and all the things that magic can be, you can also talk about interactions and stories and civilizations and all the things that that can be. So, 
uh, yeah, it's it's really important for artifacts to become known around the world, for them to become kind of the the, the prime movers of all these events and things that are going on, or the catalyst for for all kinds of events and things. And um, it's it's uh, so you know word ha- would have to spread somehow. We've t- we've talked a bit before about knowledge of things and how you know what information do you store but artifacts are pretty high up on the list of you know do people know about them and so on and so you can have events based on jealousy thieves coming to take them um you can have diplomatic events where you actually give one of your artifacts for you know a whole a whole set of other things or just as sort of a peace thing or something i mean i imagine you couldn't just kind of flip your artifact off to a caravan or your whole society would be very angry with you (laughs) <laughs> but uh, unless it was, you know, an artifact that kind of you, you, your dwarves had learned just quick enough that it's it's sucking you off to the fire dimension or whatever, and then the <laughs> the elves, I'm sure you'd you'd be very happy to to trade them the um, the the nice little you know metal whistle that they like to blow or whatever that that sucks them off to the fire dimension and you know causes a nice little forest fire. But yeah, that, that whistle really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, but just just in just in general, like within your fortress, you know, the creation of an artifact. Right now, it's just like woohoo, we have an artifact, and if people start engraving it like crazy or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that this should be something that 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 you're, you within your fortress. It starts to hinge around. You know, your dwarves start to think about that. You know, are there jealous dwarves? Are there dwarves that that are scared of things that that are all you know strangely magical or whatever you know does the creator become lauded or ostracized um you know and and eventually absconds with the thing and runs off into the night with the human bandits and then they come back you know doing all manner of horrible infinite vermin things at you or whatever and um <laughs> it's it's i mean so so within the fortress and and without it it the artifact should be start driving huge amounts of the story that they you know we're gonna have these war game type things with with you know you sending off your armies to attack places and and so on in the coming versions you know not too far away and those will you know drive your your fortress's connections with the world and diplomacy will drive your fortress's connections with the world and trade will drive your fortress's connections with the world that make the game much more interesting uh and artifacts can do the same thing, and they they should be important that way, especially because the the creation process itself is something that that's that's pretty um, you know engaging, uh, you know. And then you finally get this artifact, and right now it just kind of drops off into mediocrity at that point. You know, it's something that scores you a few extra immigrants or something, but it's it's not that important unless it it's a rare useful artifact like a weapon or something, and uh, even then. You know, you're just killing a few extra creatures with it or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the artifacts, uh, it's one of the one of the important things that needs to happen, uh, them becoming known throughout the world and so on. Cool. Captain, you want to... So, for the semi-artifacts you mentioned earlier, where it's just like a kind of non-special item that's been used to maybe slay a particular dragon and becomes well-known and it becomes kind of attached to the character and kind of has its own little story going along with it. It becomes kind of a player in the world on its own. Um, how exactly does that work? So so the the process that's that's currently in the game, uh, not the release version, but the one that's coming, where this, this whole um, semi-artifact 
idea. We're starting to explore that. Uh, it looks at, at how much time has, you know, the dwarf been holding the object? Does he like the materials it's made out of? And eventually, if you've got a match, then the dwarf can, can get an attachment to it. And, and once a, once a item is, is elevated to that state, or really, no, actually for every single item now, it's kind of insane the amount of information that's being tracked sometimes. It tracks every item's kills of, you know, how many creatures has it killed and so on. And once the item gets up to the attached state with, with a, with a, um, with like a dwarf, then it can, it can look at those kills, especially as they continue to be added as that dwarf continues to do amazing things. Uh, it can look at the historical events attached to those things and the historical figures. So if it kills a dragon, that dragon has a history. And it's already got methods for calculating the importance like, what is the era importance of a dragon? It's like, well, that's 100 because it can name eras after a dragon, right? And when you've got things with high numbers, then the artifact's importance level, once it, once it reaches a certain amount, then the dwarf, um, can name it, it can become an artifact, and then at the present time, it's about as exciting as other artifacts, right? It does nothing. But, but it, it would, essentially what would happen at that point is it would enter the same, um, the same, um, mechanic pool that we're planning for artifacts. You know, people would know about it, um, like if a trader arrives and talks to your other dwarves, then, you know, they would know about that sword just just as likely perhaps as they know about your your magical chest that anytime you put something in it you get two back or whatever and so you'd know you know that they'd say there's also the sword that killed the dragon or whatever um and then you know if someone became jealous about that or someone um you know asked for that for their community civic project or something like they want to use your magical dragon dragon not not magical but your name dragon killing acts to like chop down trees or something <laughs> that's not going to happen but it's i mean that's 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 the spirit anyway um then it would just enter the same pipeline as the as the rest of the artifacts now um, it could be that that the process of naming it and so on, killing dragons and so on. I mean, it's, there's nothing that says that the 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 item might not actually become magical itself as well. But um, even without that, uh, it would it would still have access to all the same the same kind of code stuff or whatever. I think that's interesting because maybe, like again, the the sources of power, like as nature spirit might say, oh, well this. This hammer was used to kill a dwarf that was mean to oh, so I'm going to enchant it, and now it's a, it's really good at killing dwarves. Or you know, like a demon could say, oh, well, this this sword was used to uh, to kill a king, and I'm going to you know enchant it to king killer, you know, and whenever you kill a king with it, it the king turns into a demon or something like that. Just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it'll it it should be it should be really cool because I mean, in a sense, those those um semi-artifacts we've been calling them with the uh with um you know that these guys have had for years and they become attached to and they've killed dragons with them. I mean, in a sense, they have as much of a right or more to become magical than the the workshop created <laughs> artifacts where you just go and grab a a pine log and a turtle shell and make a Make a little hat or something. Um, so you know, it's it's. I mean, they'll they'll be they'll be treated with their with their proper respect. Um, once once these um, 
once these mechanics are up that that start to consider artifacts more and more. Yeah, speaking that kind of segues into my question um, that are there any going to be new ways to create artifacts um, aside from that, such as like at the creation of the world or by gods or some other kind of. Yeah, I mean, originally we thought of this as kind of a tricky, tricky question. Um, just at first, when the game was kind of smaller, we were like, you know, dwarves, they make the artifacts or whatever. But I think, I mean, you've really got to, I mean, dwarven artifacts in a sense are special because you made them and stuff, but really you kind of have to let go of that um, as being their unique property. They might have the best artifacts among civilizations or something, but an artifact is just an important object. And in important objects, you know, you can't, you, you've got to, you got to pass that around. So, you know, whether there's, you know, items that have been created by gods, item, uh, items that have been created by other civilizations, maybe not, you know, as, um, <clears throat> as, as prolific as the dwarves, but, but, you know, I think one of Zach's stories had a, had an elven sword that was put in a stream for a thousand years or something. I mean, that certainly wouldn't be a very common artifact. Um, so, so you, you, but you've got it there and, um, you know, the ones that they become attached to and so on, that's certainly fair game for the other civilizations and, and things like, you know, if there's some kind of evil swamp that isn't really attached to gods at all, it's just this evil swamp, you know, it might have a beating heart beneath it or something that's some kind of object. And, you know, you might have to dig that out to make the undead deer go away and the undead alligators. Undead um, skunks. That's right. Undead skunks being shot the out of a crater or whatever. That's right. It's, 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 it's all, it's all, um, it's all scary. But yeah, definitely we want to use artifacts, um, in lots of places. I mean, they shouldn't be commonplace, but they should be varied. Right. Will other, si- um, oh, blah, blah, blah. Blip. <laughs> um, you kind of addressed the question I was going to ask. I was just reading down the list. Uh-oh. Lists okay. will get you into trouble. <laughs> yep, they will. Yeah, it's probably the problem with submitting a list to, to Zach and I to talk about is that I also have a tendency to ramble. So since I've been thinking about the answers to all these questions, it's like I'll just ramble into the next one or whatever and cause That's problems and mistakes and things. Quite all right. Okay, here we go. Well, right now, you know as we talked about fell moods before, they're very rare. Um, is that going to make cha- mechanic... <clears throat> start again. Is that mechanic going to change in the future? For instance, will there be like, it be according to regions, maybe that it becomes more common? Or if, if uh, say, an evil... Like a dwarf has an evil tag or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, part of the problem with fell moods being rare, it's not really their fault. It's really the fault of, you know, this, this, this legendary dining room makes every dwarf walking around with 250% happiness all the time or whatever. Because they're actually, I mean, fell moods should actually be kind of common because the only thing is like when a dwarf gets a mood, if their happiness is below 50%, so they're like not particularly happy, then it's a 50% chance. So it's really not. It's like if you had any miserable dwarves in your fortress, the chance would be quite a bit higher for fell and macabre moods. The same thing. Um, the uh, <laughs> Zach has left the chat room. It's like <laughs> all right. So uh, in any case, <laughs> it's uh, it's um, wait, wait wait wait. Is he listening to the to the? Oh talk? no no no. He was okay. So yeah, we were talking um, on on the AOL 
chat thing or whatever we're using now because we've used seven different ones because they all def- they all crash or whatever. So we're on one of them, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, okay, I'm starting the 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 Dwarf Fortress talk now, and that was you know an hour ago or whatever, and he's like, okay, and um, so I went in, and I turned off the sounds so that if if you know he sent me a message or something which he hasn't, uh, it wouldn't make the bing bing noise or whatever. However, apparently in that list of sounds I missed, or it was in a different list or something, the sound that makes the big slamming door noise when he leaves. So he just went off to go, you know, do something or whatever, and so all of a sudden it's like slam or whatever. So, yeah, I don't even know if it was audible through my microphone or not. Oh, it was. Oh, oh it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bam, bam. So yep. failure, complete failure to uh, to uh, protect the podcast from environmental noise pollution. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, the cat is sleeping nice over in his heated bowl right now. So he's, um, yeah, he has a heated bowl. So he has a giant cat tree, almost as tall as I am. And then he's got a heated bowl you can plug into the wall. Nice. It's, it's kind of a felt thing or something. It's like, um, a a very large short cylinder that a cat can be put in. I'd imagine that would be nice for you to be able to sleep, but he won't bother you at night, huh? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he likes to stay in there. I mean, he will still come in. And scratch my neck if my hands aren't showing. He will still occasionally jump over my head when I'm laying down in bed. And, and an important point, people were wondering when I put that on the devlog, you know, when I said he jumped over my head, I was laying down at the time. <laughs> you know, he, he did not, he did not get seven feet in the air or whatever to, to get complete clearance and, and then do whatever he's doing. I mean, he can jump pretty far, but not that far yet. Yet. We'll see what he can do later. But, um, yeah. I thought you might have been sitting when you said that. <laughs> yeah, well, the the problem is is that once I was. See, the the thing is, I was in bed reading a book, and I wasn't sitting so that my back was bent completely flat up against the wall or whatever, but I had my pillow kind of scrunched up. So my head was, you know, a good, you know, I don't know, foot and a half off the ground or something or off the bed. And he did his thing where he jumps on the bed and then he needs to leave and he's on the wrong side of the door or whatever and me. So he needs to jump over me. (laughs) Obviously, he can't go under the bed because that would be too civilized. So um, he can't go around or anything. So he just jumps over my head. And, you know, when when your head is sticking up a little bit, that's really disconcerting because he almost doesn't make it sometimes. (laughs) And and you can just kind of feel him go over your hair or whatever. (laughs) It's like, woof. And um, yeah, so now he's he he continues to be a, a little free spirit or something, but um, now that he's got his heated bowl. He is he is oftentimes out here instead of in the bedroom, which is okay with me because it's good to sleep sometimes. Where did we leave off before? We- I have no idea. <laughs> we were talking about spell moves real quick, and then it's you know, maybe we should just restart the question. Oh, we were talking about fell moods or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's just restart the question. I'm gonna edit that to the end. I think. Okay, should I stop this? We're at 27 minutes anyway. Yeah, let's stop.